by Dieter Riegel, Elizabeth Mueller, and Brent Oakley. And we're here to hear all about this badass guitar vocal that was produced by these three lovely people. So let me introduce Deidre. Deidre, you were the, the brainchild of this project. And just tell everybody who you are and where where your ideas came from. Thank you for asking, Jane. First of all, before I do that, it is such an honor to be with all of you today and have this chance to talk about Sovereign. And I so appreciate your support in sending the song out to the world because that is 
what the purpose of the song is to uh, to awaken and inspire us. So my background is that of a classically trained mezzo-soprano. My background, of course, is in, in theater and opera. And, uh, you know, I did the usual things, play the piano, play the flute, violin. I studied ballet, tap, and jazz, and, you know, done television, and done all those things that we do in the industry. And uh, looking back, all of it to prepare me for exactly what I am doing now, because I need all of those those tools. And uh, so it's it's been all brought to bear, including my conducting experience and understanding what an orchestra can do. And uh, the, the gift of being able to work with people as well, like Betty and Brandon, and create something so collaborative and so so beautiful. So that's my just a quick story of my my personal background uh, as a professional, um, as a spiritual being. It's been such a journey in this lifetime to grow and expand and experience planet Earth in so many many different ways, uh, from victory, from defeat, from abuse, surviving trauma, to to healing, to becoming a sovereign being and I think many of us are sharing that journey. So how this song began was I was uh, living in Colorado um, two years ago and had a conversation with a dear spiritual friend about being sovereign and what that meant and we finished our conversation and as I've said before I did what any good composer would do. I sat down at the piano and I heard words that said I'm sovereign, I am free, only I govern me. And I started to write the chords and I started to write the melody and bingo, I had the hook that we just heard. And it sat for a while and then I went out to California and it sat some more and uh, came to Florida and Betty and I met and, and she has music that so needed to be produced and just incredible creative, create, uh, creative energies on her part. And I said, well, we need to get you in the studio. And uh, the gentleman with whom I normally work, Patrick Baker, was not available. He referred me to Brent Oakley, who has just been a godsend in so many ways. And I took Betty there to work on her first person. Her, oh, well, I'll try English again. Her first piece of music called Sky of All Colors. And then it became very apparent to me by just the spiritual nudges. I was feeling that it was time to put Sovereign up for production. So we started in uh, February and we finished in May and it was quite the journey. And of course, everyone has contributed to what you hear today. And uh, here we are and what a celebration. Yeah, well, it's incredibly powerful. You yes, hear? it is. Yes. And yeah. Jane, you inspired me. Uh, so many people inspired me along the way. And you said when I first sent the very beginnings of this hook to you. Everyone should be singing this. And I thought, yep, Jane is right. We all need to be singing about our sovereignty and letting that thought seep into us and living our sovereignty on a minute to minute basis. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I loved it. And, you know, we do feel controlled and manipulated and, and then there is a history of humanity giving up their rights. But, you know, we need to remember who, who we really are. And we're powerful beings. And if we all stand up, things will change rapidly. I believe that you are right. And I believe that's the process that we are actually living right now, globally. Macrocosm, microcosm, globally. And it is just stunning to watch it happen and be part of it.
Right? Yeah, it's pretty. I, I mean, I think we're moving in the right direction. There's moments where I wonder, but <laughs> we need uh, we need songs like this to light up our fire. So let's hear from Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how did you get? I'm doing well today. <clears throat> how are you? I'm great. So you're a poet, and yes. and. That's pretty cool. And you've always been a pilot. So you have. My back, my background has been uh, kind of like a Renaissance woman type thing. Um, as far as my poems, I've been writing since high school and I primarily just do them for fun. And as I got older, I tried several years ago in the, I guess it would have been in the eighties was my first try to put some of my music or my poems to music. And um, I didn't have connections and I was born and raised in Florida and there wasn't a lot of industry here at that time. There is now, but um, I went ahead and I submitted some of my poems to contests and things. And I am in the Library of Congress in Washington DC as uh, a recognized poet and have a couple uh, poems and some anthologies through the Library of Congress. And my other poems, I have just kept on my own. And my background has been mixed as far as music. Uh, in high school, I was in band and I played a B-flat clarinet for eight years. Uh, prior to that, I had been a dancer um, most of my life. When I started when I was three until I was 18. I was in ballet and tap and modern jazz. And then later on, I was uh, married and my husband and I ran a flight school and a charter operation out of uh, Miami Opelika Airport. And um, we sold aircraft and I was also blessed because he is a musician. And he played guitar and sang and had done a lot of wonderful things with, with studio work as well prior to me meeting him. And I used to just watch him and let him shine. And um, then later on, I was divorced and I thought, I've got to do something with this, but I, I don't play instruments. I hear the songs in my head. And... Um, Deirdre, this is where she comes in, like amazing woman. And I, I told her, I said, I have music to some of my songs, but it's in my head and I don't know how to put it on paper or how to get in touch with somebody that can produce it. And she's like, well, this is what I do. And I had known her from, I think it was 13 years ago through a mutual friend and had met her when she was writing her books. And I didn't know she did this. And she came to town in uh, 2020 and Thanksgiving. And I had invited her to my home for dinner and we got to talking and one thing led to another. And within a week of her getting back into town here, she's got me in a studio and it was like a whirlwind. I had no idea what, what was gonna happen. And now we're producing every day practically. And we're doing some of her work and my own work. And we've met other people that, that we want to work with and it's just blossomed. But um, I am new to this industry and I am enjoying it thoroughly 
And my my gifts are I'm more of a wordsmith with my poetry and and my storytelling. Um, but I do hear music in my head and and Deirdre has to play charades with me almost every day to figure out what I'm hearing and I can hum something to her or sing a little little bit to her and and she seems to draw it out of my brain so we laugh about it quite a bit and Brent is just as good about that so we we (laughs) we have a good time but I've been enjoying this process thoroughly yeah well, that's true collaboration, isn't it? It is. I, I, I have, I have, they are mentoring me, and um, I have my gifts, but they are enhancing what I bring to them tenfold. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, you know, just the trust that each of you has to, to bring to the song, is, which is very similar to humanity. You have something important to bring. Deidre, can you tell us? Brent, since he's missing. (laughs) Where do I start with Brent? Um, He's this being of love and light and service from the heart. And uh, that's the most important thing I can say about him. First of all, his professional background is that he's been a front of house sound manager and or tour manager for the past 15 years until COVID shut the industry down. And he was working with the top names in our entertainment our entertainment industry. So his background is at the highest professional level. His understanding of sound from the scientific and emotional aspect is superb. And he's a delight to work with. He's also a wonderful guitarist, songwriter himself, wonderful singer, and he just gets it. He just gets it. He gets the process. He gets how to make people feel comfortable. He he just knows what he's doing. And uh, you know, he and I just met uh, along with Betty back in December. And you know, you found the right people when everything just clicks in, just clicks. And so we look forward to going there. And on a little personal note, he has this wonderful golden retriever named Duke, who always comes out to greet us, greets Betty first, I might say, I'm not sure why, um, but Duke will actually be in the studio with us and as, a, as a, just an energetic compliment to Brent, the dog is so well-trained. He's literally right in the studio with us and knows exactly what to do. And he's, you know, I think in his own way, contributing to the energy. Uh, of, the, of the process. Uh, again, Brent's uh, technical skills are second to none. Uh, he's one of the best, I, it would be almost an insult to call him an engineer, but one of the best sound creators I've ever worked with uh, in so many ways. And of course you can hear what he's done uh, with, with music. And uh, he's very aware that everything is a vibration, everything is sound and uh, who we are, how we relate to one another. And just say, as a spiritual being, We'll often break for lunch. His studio is in his home and in his dining room at the credenza next to his table, there was an open Bible. And uh, and he lives by that. He just lives at those standards. And so I have nothing but the highest praise for, for Brent. And I'm sure he'll at some point hear me say this because he'll probably watch this podcast. <laughs> so big thumbs up to Brent Oakley. Yeah, that's really cool. And just just a few more comments on the synchronicities of how this came about. And it must have felt meant to be the way it fell together. Did anything happen along the way that was, you know, you knew you were on the right path? 
Wow. I think that I instinctively or intuitively knew the moment we met in person and we had traded some emails and some text messages ahead of the first time that Betty and I went there. And uh, uh, he actually greeted us at the front door. So he heard us pull, actually the dog heard us pull up and uh, Brent went to the front door and he opened the door and here's this smiling face and you could just feel the glow. You can feel, uh, I felt the heart uh, of Brent and uh I think we connected on that wonderful spiritual level of old souls remembering who we were. And uh, we got right in the studio and his professionalism was right there. And he said, let's start tracking. And uh, he has a completely different program that I'm used to working with. And he was very patient, but we knew right then. And then there was just so much that unfolded in conversation. And I said to him, you know, I believe we are in, in Christian terms, we say we're living the book of Revelation or however we want to express ourselves. And he said, yes, we are. And bingo. I thought, OK, this this is the right person. That was the first synchronicity that uh, that happened. And from there, so much has unfolded that's been almost mind blowing. Um, and so many sessions are walking in and expecting one thing. We have our plan and something beautiful will transpire. And it usually renders me into a very tearful state. And I'll say, well, I wasn't expecting that gift from the universe today or, or whatever the case may be. And so Brent's kind of learned that, that I'm that person, hand the tissue to Deidre, you know. Uh, but again, that the honoring of the uh, um, uh, of the the knowing that we're there on purpose. And Betty has added to that. In fact, we had a wonderful event happen in the studio yesterday that if Betty wishes to share about it, I would certainly uh, encourage it, although certainly she may wish to not. But every, every day in the studio is another adventure and another experience in synchronicities on all levels. And thank you for asking that question, Jane. Yeah, do you want to... Do you want to add to that, Betty? And then I'll pass it to Grace. I, I will I will share a little bit because yesterday was an amazing day. Um it it started off different than normal because Brent has purchased in um, a Steinway piano that what it was the Deidre, I think it was 1863 it was built or something, or was it 1893? Yes. It's in the 1800s. And it's an upright and it's beautiful. And he um, was having it tuned yesterday. So Deirdre and I had a little unusual morning because we decided to go in a little later to the studio than normal to allow this to happen. And we arrived there and, and Brent met us and Duke came running out to us as normal and played in the yard. And we were kind of trying to decide how to work around the piano tuner in the living room. And we, we gave it a shot and went into the studio and started working on my second song that we're working on. And um, Brent was playing guitar part on my song. And it, it actually started, okay, what's the word, Deirdre, you said yesterday where the, harmony, or the harmonics meet um, of the piano player and what Brent was playing. Um, I can't remember the word, um, but she said we're we're united. It's 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 blossoming 
with the piano tuner. We all thought that was kind of unusual. And when I had left the studio, um, Brent and Deidre were still inside and I was setting up for our lunch break. Uh, the gentleman doing the piano tuning had said, there's some pretty good stuff going on in that room. And, and I said, yes, thank you so much. And left it at that. Later on, Deirdre went out and he said the same thing to her. She thanked him. And I had mentioned to Brent, would we like to ask him to join us for lunch? And when um, we stopped, the tuner gentleman was uh, just about finished and he started playing the most gorgeous songs on the piano. It was bringing Deirdre and me to tears. And um, one thing led to the next and we invited him for lunch with us. And he started telling us some of his stories of his youth. He's a very good storyteller as well as a, a pianist. And he said that he wrote the songs that he played and he wrote the words and the music and something just went off in my brain. And I, I have never done this in my life, but I said, if you would like to have Deidre and Brent help produce those for you, I will pay to have that song produced. And I'm not a rich woman. <laughs> I've never done this before, but I offered it to him and he accepted. So in August, we're going to hopefully change his life and let him express a song that's been in his heart for many years that I think the world needs to hear. And it's in, in sync with what we seem to be doing right now because sovereign is about our, our sovereignty and our gifts from God. And um, my song that we're writing right now is called Jesus is the Man. And then this gentleman is writing it, has written a song regarding God in the galaxy. And they all seem to intertwine. And none of us knew each other at all. I'd never met this man before and neither had Deidre and neither had Brent. Um, but because Brent got the piano, this all came about. So now we have another person that's going to be working with us and producing some beautiful things. And it seems to just be blossoming in, in the proper way that is divinely given to all of us. And we each have our own gifts um, and our own struggles. And we seem to complement and lift each other as we go along. And I'll just turn the mic over to you or Deidre. Yeah, that's incredible and, and so beautiful, isn't it? When things just fall in, in place that you never expected, and yet the universe that. I don't, I, I just, it, it, something came and just, it was so clear to me, just so clear. And I know this man um, from, a spiritual aspect, I, I, I felt a kindred heart there that he had some things that needed to come out. And, it, and Deirdre and Brent have done the same thing for me. So I was passing on the, mm -hmm. the love and the support that I had received from Deirdre and Brent because I had given up on my music and my poems. And I've been in in a lot of transportation industry work, but I do this on the side and I do a lot of other artwork. I'm, I'm an artist as far as I'm a wood carver and a glass carver and metal. And I, 
I do stitchery and I do painting and, and I'm always creating something. But I had given up on my music because I just figured, well, you know, I don't have the connections, the time, the money. I've recently retired. Um, I worked with Avis Budget, rent a car for 10 years or close to 10 years, month shy of it. And um, retired and just thought, I'm, I'm just going to relax. And I've been through some personal struggles. And never in my wildest dreams would I thought at my age that I would be starting another semi-career in music writing, of all things, because I thought that was over for me. And Deirdre's like, oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> not, no. And, and I, she's right. So she has... She and Brent both, they they approach me with different angles. And being new to this, even though I have a lot of knowledge, it's very rough and it's very um, raw. And, and my main trouble is, of all things, communicating what I'm hearing in my head in words that they can understand. But they've learned to play charades with me and we're coming up with some beautiful things. It's, it's an example of where we should be moving together, you know, yes. collaboration and just adding our pieces. And you actually a way through your heart by offering to, you were doing your heart when you um, asked to do that piece for the piano composer. That's, it's like what we should be doing. I'm gonna pass the, the, pass the baton to Grace. Well, hello there. Thank you so much. Um, but instead of me taking my turn, since uh, Hartmut is having challenge, but I really want him to be part of this. But first, I really appreciate how the two, the two of you, the three of you created all of this. Because in my experience, every change, every revolution, every trans, um, transition of a a community and even in personal transition music plays a part okay so let me pass it on to Hartmut first thank you so much um, sorry for the interruption because my laptop doesn't work anyhow but now it works uh, finally and I'm very happy that um, that I can uh, talk to you um, the interesting thing is concerning the transformation and concerning um, music. I want to share with you my experience with overtone singing because I don't, for example, if you, um, I'm not a musician, but interest, but uh, I learned uh, to work with vocals, and uh, you maybe you know the glass music, and uh, I can, I make this kind of sound with my with my voice. And the interesting thing is, um, after doing this 10 or 15 minutes, then it's really a hard energy. Because the, the situation is, if, if, you, if you sing in this way, and uh, if, you try to, uh, if you try to sing the vocals, R, E, U, U, and with, with the overtone, then in that moment you become yourself. And this is the beautiful thing about music and the transformation. If you if you sing and then and then uh, it's very simple. If you if if I get some feeling for the voice, I get also feeling for the words. And um, 
Yeah, and I would like to know if you if if you channel this energy, how how do you prepare yourself? Or how do you get how do you get this information? What a great question. And thank you for sharing, Hartman, about that. I recently discovered polyphonic singing. And it was such a meditative, enlightening, energizing experience for my body, all of my chakra systems, understanding that my brain was probably going into neuroplastic advancement at that point. It just awakened something entirely and built on the understanding that uh, I already have about what music is and what it could do from the scientific aspect. So uh, thank you for sharing that. As far as my process, the best answer I can give is that I came into this planet in this lifetime with these gifts to transmit messages. And so uh, I think it, it's, as we know, it's all within me. And when the time is, is present for whatever child I'm about to deliver, then um, I get that nudge, I go within, and I somehow just simply through intuition or through my higher self, whatever we want to call it, knowing, sense that that is that is time i think every musician has their own process does the melody come first does the rhythm come first does the harmony does the story and it, it all fits together my own process is that whatever is needed at the time uh, for me to be the divine conduit to send it to the world is what will come in whatever way it comes. And sometimes it's the chords, sometimes it's the harmony, sometimes it's the lyrics, sometimes it's an event that sparks something. Uh, but, but for me personally, it is fulfilling the needs, letting the, the divine mind, the, the, the greater consciousness, again, whatever we wish to call that, inform me and to connect with that on all my multidimensional levels. Now is the time that this is what's needed on the planet. And is it mine to do or is it somebody else's to do? And then how shall I do that? So that's the best answer I can give to a wonderful question, Hartman. Thank you. Um, it is, um, it is, uh, I asked this question because I, in the past I worked as Feng Shui consultant many, many years ago. And when I worked as a Feng Shui consultant, I I meditated, channeled the light, and then the channel, uh, the the light which I channeled, I transformed in tones, and so I could clarify spaces. And um, wow. the interesting thing is, if you have such uh, beautiful lyrics, and if you bring these kind of messages, in that moment you you transform the energy to who the people are listening. And this is maybe this is really like color. Yeah. It is, uh, you know, and Betty works with color, as do I. You know, we know that color has its own vibrational frequency. Years ago, I started an album based on just the frequencies of colors and, and working within, say, the color yellow, which vibrates, I think, from 300 something to 356 hertz. And, and, you know, really building lyrics around colors, building music and harmony around colors. I do the same with numerology because it's all that vibrational frequency. I agree with you that you know color, light, frequency, and sound are really the same thing in different levels of expression. And uh, I think that, that there's so much now that 
information that's coming to the public for that music is more than just something you listen to. We're really understanding that since we're made of sound and light, these very, at the molecular structure, we're made of sound and light, that music is such an important uh, aspect of driving home concepts, both visual, auditory, and tactile. And uh, the time has come for this science to be made public uh, and for all of us to be working with it in whatever way we're working with it, whether we're trained professional musicians or we're working in the medical field, we're scientists, um, it's, it's all the same thing. And, and as a, just as a comment here, I'm looking at our screen right now and I'm looking at, at Grace as a, as a registered nurse, quantum nurse. I'm looking at, at you, go your own path. I'm looking at Jane, empowered mind. I'm looking at Steve, awakened mind. These are all pieces that fit together. And it's no accident that we are having vibrational frequency synchronicity this morning via technology to augment our energies, our colors, our light, our, our auric fields, all the wonderful scientific things we want to call it. We are all part of that being a quantum nurse going our own path, having empowered minds and having awakened minds. And that's the magic of this moment and the magic of what you just shared, Hartman, about your own experience. It, 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 I'm overjoyed in this moment to, to understand the, the, the aggregation of the information and the grace. Yeah, and um, <laughs> what I also really appreciate, and this is, for example, if you listen to many musicians, and um, there is a difference. For example, if you if you uh, observe something, and if the musician observes something and is singing about it, in that moment he is singing the truth. But in the moment, oh my my camera again, sorry. Yes, but in the moment um, when when the let's say it this way, when the musician has the intention to change something, to get in control without seeing the truth you can hear it directly you know what i mean yes absolutely and this is something that is so inherent in the professional entertainment industry is the arrogance and my personal feeling about it from my own experience having had arrogant behavior it is rooted in judgment which is rooted in fear so there's that insecurity of i am not enough i'm not good enough whatever that case may be and of course, we know that those self-protective aspects of ourselves will come to the fore to, to try to protect us or whatever needs to be, you know, understanding human psychology. So we understand that, that arrogance, bless it. It's simply telling us that, that we need to look at maybe the unloved aspects of ourselves. And then when we compare it with the altruistic desire to disseminate pure truth in the best way we know how that changes the entire character the vibrational frequency the experience and the observation of the art form for the artist and the prospective audience i totally totally agree with this and as a scientific side note it's one of the reasons why my music now is done at 432 hertz, where the A is tuned to 432. So we're in synchronicity, the toroidal field, if you will, of, of blending with Mother Earth 
and and having the, uh, the the awareness of the privilege that it is to create this music that is medicine, that is food for the soul. And that is, uh, and I'm going to use a very dangerous English word, it's very humbling. Not meaning that it humiliates me or lessens me, rather it expands my soul into the sense of awareness um, that my ego doesn't have to try to support. There's this this gentle grace of of expansion and and the freedom of giving. And that is what I believe a musician or any artist does. And the word is truth. And uh, I totally, totally uh, agree with you. In fact, I met a gentleman in California who is originally from Romania. And uh, we would, uh, in fact, he, he took some violin lessons with me and we would get together on a Friday afternoon and listen to orchestras play and some of his conductor friends and just share music and science. He was actually a scientist by profession, still is actually. And he came back to the word again and again, truth. This music is truth, Beethoven, truth, Mozart, truth. Led Zeppelin, truth, if it's, if it's pure, and the, the intent is is honest and comes from a place of integrity, that's truth in the moment. And he really caught my attention and I, I, I had to pull back and check with myself. You know, am I about disseminating truth and does it show up in my music? And I hope the answer is yes. And I hope that those times that I'm not in a place of integrity or truth, or I'm in a state of fear or self-doubt, which I confess happens. Can I bring myself back to my center and trust that divine connection and say, I am a conduit of truth. And that is my intent. And again, I thank you for sharing this art, but it's, it's such wonderful conversation. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And, and concerning truth, as you, as you mentioned, Beethoven, Zeppelin, etc. I want to also add, for example, staying moon over Bourbon street, because in this, uh, in this song, the, the loneliness is very, is the truth. To be lonely in the in this in the in the world. Okay, he's he's a murderer, but it doesn't matter. He's lonely, and this loneliness. Everyone who feels this loneliness can get in resonance with this, and this is the truth in real music. Yes, yeah. yes, and the other aspect aspect of this is that is the healing. You know, we uh, my yes. my comment is. If we live on the third rock from the sun, we've all been traumatized at some level, at some point in our life to varying degrees. So apparently we've come here to weather the storm for these very times to transform our earth. And we've all taken our share of trauma. At some point that has to heal or we continue to perpetuate the trauma and make our pain somebody else's. And so I'm all about healing music, music of its own with the truth that it brings can can affect and implant the healing tools that are needed for whatever that person, whichever person, whatever that person needs at that moment in time. It is medicine at the at the purest level, and we come to you know the, the what so many people in the medical profession do. They take an oath to do no harm, and that is brilliant. And so when you put music out that is at its purest intent. For anyone who needs to hear it, who can receive whatever they need from it on whatever level, whenever they need it, you're providing the, the, the smorgasbord, the gift of healing tools they can access and 
my prayer is that it serves them in the highest, most efficient, most loving way possible to not only do no harm, but to do good at the quantum field level. And that you can't put a price tag on. All you can do is just say, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's then the quantum field of grace. Because if you understand the truth, if let's say this, the singer understands the listener, the listener gets in resonance with the singer, and that moment he accepts his own situation like it is, and in that moment the listener can feel grace for himself. So beautifully said. <laughs> so Brilliant. beautifully said, Hartman. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It was a real pleasure. I, I give you to Steve. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Wow, this is a cool conversation. Hartman, you're going to have to sing for us or do your glass humming. Whatever you do. All <laughs> sorts of secrets are coming out today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, you know, I got to say, I have a lot of questions, but I want to say what kind of came to me as soon as the music started. I thought of a Broadway show describing, you know, tyranny and overcoming, you know, I saw like, you know, police officers singing this song at the end and everyone dropping, you know, it's kind of cool. So you should write that and make it, you know, you're going to have to make a deal with the, with the powers that be to get on Broadway. But I could see that as a rock anthem. So Thank you for that, Steve. You know, as I say, I've done opera and theater and, and uh, my music tends to be theatrical in nature. And that's a very powerful medium. I really appreciate these comments because... I will just give this much hint uh, as a little teaser for the future. I am beginning to get what I call the spiritual nudges that it is mine to do to produce this into something larger than it already is. And so when this piece of music first came, Steve, as a, again, a confirmation of what you're saying, my spiritual team, as I call them, kept saying, Deidre, you're not thinking big enough. And I thought, well, I'll do this with it. I'll do that with it. And they said, no, you're still not thinking big enough. Well, okay, I'll do this, I'll do this. No, you're still not thinking big enough. And so you have just given a wonderful synchronicity of confirmation. Thank you that this piece is to, is to do much more than I'm able to imagine at this point. I'm getting the first inklings. You ask, how do these come? The first inkling is sometimes they come by somebody speaking them to you who's literally on the other side of the world, Steve. Thank you. And yeah. I believe that this piece I is, is yeah. going to become part of something much, much, much larger that will... Um, affect much more than I can possibly imagine. And I simply bow in gratitude to that process. Steve, you've just given the greatest gift <laughs> that you could have given today. Oh, cool. Well, I feel like it was a small download. I think I was injected like to say it. So there's someone's working through me here, perhaps. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen and hallelujah in Christian terms go. or whatever we want to say. There you go. There you oh, go. So, I mean, gosh. it's funny because I have some questions. It's, the, the, the process of making music is so astonishing to someone who's not musically inclined like myself. Um, but like, cause it's, you know, like you'll hear bands, they just sit around or guys like I have a riff and like, or I have a, I have music, but I don't have lyrics. So that is, I guess in some ways, I mean, do lyrics typically come second or are they typically first? With Betty, they seem to come first because she's a poet. Um, actually, for me, with Sovereign, the lyrics came first, which is unusual for me. Uh, I am Sovereign, I am free, only I govern me. And for me, the, when I, I speak lyrics, I will often be speaking in rhythm. So immediately for me, it was I am Sovereign, I am free, only I govern me. And I was able to write that down. 
So uh, I'd like to just back up a bit, Steve, and and offer the thought that you may have much more awareness about music or much more musicianship feel than you might know at this point, um, because you're you're just listening to how you're expressing yourself, and I might speak a word of knowledge to you that invites you to explore that more and trust it more um, because we're all we're all musicians in our own way you know even our speaking voice carries certain vibrational frequencies uh, that that go into the quantum field and beyond um, uh, how, yeah it, it comes it comes however it comes for whatever if you're a guitarist and that's the instrument you play. You're, you're going to want to pick up that guitar and play. If you're a poet, you're going to want to write a poet, uh, a poetry. I'm a dancer. Many times I'll be working on on choreography. Just I think the body needs to move into sacred geometry this way, or or whatever way that needs to be. And that will that will increase my awareness. Well, what what would go with this choreography? What would go with this rhythm? Um, what would what is the Pythagorean ratio? What does a triangle sound like? There are so many ways that we come at music, um, uh, the, the creation of it. Uh, and I'm listening to your voice, and this is for you, Steve, and for everyone who's listening to this. As a trained singer and someone who's done a lot of vocal coaching, there's a certain vibrational frequency to your voice when that baritone speaking that is very powerful and has a musicality about it. And that may be your musicianship. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say for sure because you're a sovereign being. But um, you've you've asked a great question. I hope I've answered it well enough. Yeah, I mean, cool. I get it. It's um, just curiosity. Um, I mean, Elizabeth Betty, you what what have you you've always been a poet, and you've always, um, I guess, been inclined to write songs. Did you? Did you? Um, do you? You know, now did is more coming to you as you've gotten involved in the music side. Are lyrics coming to you more naturally? Well, right now I'm. I'm. Uh, let me back up a little bit first. Your your first question is, um, I've always enjoyed writing my thoughts down, and and then I form the thoughts into poetry. Most time, a lot of my poems are just meant to be poems. They're not meant to be songs, um, but they usually express something that's inside me of what's going on in my life at the moment, uh, whether it's somebody I'm in love with or if it's something that's a tragedy in my life or I am a person um, that I analyze a lot of things and I am very observant of the world around me. I, I notice things that most people just walk by every day and never notice. I'll, I'll see a flower in the crack of the sidewalk and I wonder how did it actually make it through that crack, through the cement and through the storms and the hot sun and how it's surviving. And I'll, I'll think little stuff like that. And I've had friends and people I've dated in my past say, I never even noticed the flower in the sidewalk crack. And here you're wondering what makes it grow. And, and so I will write something about that or, you know, because it's something that I'm bringing awareness to whether it's a little flower in the sidewalk or whether it's the Lord or whether it's, you know, how someone's heart feels. So I go from the concept aspect of it first, and then certain words will start coming and I, I will play with them. 
But as far as the music, sometimes it comes with it and sometimes it doesn't. Um, the one that we're writing right now, I, I wrote the words and the music started coming to me in pieces. Um, I wrote the words almost 10 years ago and the music came slightly after it. And, um, and now as we're working with it, uh, we've, we've added a few things here and there and rearranged some of my verses to fit musicality versus poetry. And um, I also write music with color, as you were mentioning before. And I, I talk with Brent and with Deirdre a lot of times in our collaborative moments. And I'll say it it's 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 too blue or it's too purple, it's too dark, it needs some some counterbalance of of sound. And then I I equate colors to different tonalities of sound. And um that's again how we play charades every day with my little brain. And it it, it comes it becomes quite comical at times because they they look at me and cross their eyes and what are you talking about? And then I try and rephrase it and I said, I see a softness of of like pinks and yellows in this. And then I see it like on Sovereign, that was such a powerful piece. I said, I see silver lightning. I see, you know, more drive here. We have to go from a small area into the crescendos. I said, and, and, and then when Deirdre explains to me her thoughts as far as we want a person standing alone, like in, in her instance, a female standing alone, just becoming aware of her, her in, entanglement with what's going on in the world and how it's affecting her. And then when she becomes aware, it's a gradual thing. And then as she becomes aware, the other people she talks to become aware and it crescendos. And then like you were saying, it, it sounds almost like a Broadway type of a thing. And by the end, you have a whole group of people that are becoming aware because she became aware originally, but it was a struggle getting that person's awareness to happen in the first place. And so we were trying to project that, that crescendo and that trajectory of, of more people joining the, the mindset of the first person in being aware of of their sovereignty and of God in within them and of their own gifts and their own powers and not to be knocked down. So as I'm thinking with her about what she wants, uh, uh, one of my favorite phrases with her is what are you trying to portray at this moment of the song? What is the, the, the um, point or, or the, the thing that you're trying to project word-wise, story-wise, and because she's she's all about the music and at that particular moment, and then I stop her and I said, "What? where are we at in the story? Because that's where my wordsmith stuff comes in. And and then I'll say, here, I think we should be more in the greens and blues. Over here, we're going to get more in the browns, the blacks, and the silvers, and the big, you know, bow, and then we're in the bright white, you know, and, and so... I don't always say the words to them, but that's what's going through my mind and saying we need more of this sound or more of that that tonality 
or more of this speed as far as the rhythmic patterns. And I hear stuff and they hear stuff and Brent hears things totally different because he's of a different generation and he adds his generational flares to things. And then we try out several different um, aspects of putting it together and see what fits pleasingly to all three of us. And we're, we're actually creating kind of a multi-generational sound because I come at it from an older generation and Brent's a younger and Deirdre's in the middle because she's, she's done so much of things from all aspects of music and dance and, and singing. And so she can go anywhere with it. And so when we all three talk it out, we say, well, let's try this. And if it's right, then we have to have three yeses of, yep, that's it. If one's no, then what's wrong with it? Because that one aspect of it, whichever one of us says, no, that's not going to work. The other two listen and and we we come at it from three different approaches. But in my in my um, experience, it's usually the words, the song and the colors and the story, the feel. And then until I started working with with Brent and Deirdre, uh, I had only done two songs um, where I had tried to make music and I had mailed them somewhere. Somebody made the music. They sent it back to me. It was great, but I was not involved in the process. So I didn't really know how it went. And they have enlightened me and showed me things that I never knew existed and have created a monster basically, because now I know what is possible and I have more uh, tools in my creative chest here and I'm constantly coming up with with can we try this instrument or that instrument or I I hear combinations of instruments tonality in my head and um on my first song the very first day that we were together I I told them that I heard some instruments that just you would never even think of putting together like like a pan flute and a marimba and they looked at me like what and I said that has to be in it at this part because it's a, it's a certain tonal quality that I want at that particular word that's going to resonate with people's feelings. And, and they looked at me like I was out of my mind, but I said, if it doesn't work, we'll erase it, but please try it. We tried it. It came out gorgeous. And, and they just turned around and looked at me in total shock. How did you come up with that idea? I said, I heard the sounds in my head. I can't put it any other way. And so, you know, Deirdre is trained in all this composition and music theory and being a composer and a conductor and, and dancer. And she has all the, the tools. And I come at them with just, I hear it in my head and it sounds so stupid, but they seem to draw it out of me. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's just a great, process i can't really explain it because it's god given yeah i got it that's it's very organic and um it's uh you guys are free and have you don't have like overlords on top of you saying you know you got to get something done and it has to look like this so i think that obviously must be a um a positive it's very positive in all three of us go on uh, oh, I didn't know whether you could hear me. Um, it is positive because all three of us are 
are learning each other's techniques for approaching. So then we can work with each other more tightly. And I think each song gets better and better in, in how we approach it. And they're all similar, but very different. My approach to music is different than Deirdre's. And, and she's been working on some of my things and I've worked on some of hers and Brent's putting some things in and we, we morph into whoever's piece it is at that moment to enhance it from that person's perspective. Hmm. Gotcha. So this, in, I'm just curious, this tuning of 432 versus 440, if you were telling it to me like I was a five-year-old that didn't understand music at all, what does it really mean? Like, is it one note that's tuned to 440 or like, how does it, how do you explain that to a layman or, you know, either of you could answer. Deirdre, that's yours. We would tune one note of a scale, the A, to vibrate at 432 hertz or 432 times per second will render the pitch A. Once we tune the A, we tune every other note in relationship to that. So we have a scale now set with the A at 432 hertz that is in actual agreement, congruency with Mother Earth herself and her sound, her song that she sings. And so since we are people who live on the planet as citizens of the Earth, we then in our bodies would experience the same, I'm going to use the word here, synchronicity, the same balance, the same feeling of being at one with the earth, at one with our bodies, and at one with divine energies around. So it's all about being in tune with the physical and spiritual realities that we live in. So for the five-year-old who wants to go out and play on the playground, if those sounds are matching and really in congruency with Mother Earth, then they're going to be in congruency and matching tune in tune with the child. And there's going to be a difference in the physical energy. Uh, we can explain it scientifically in the body, but it's just basically about being in tune with our environment in the healthiest and most playful, most wonderful way possible. Gotcha. So, Oh, I was gonna. So if I listen to Led Zeppelin, which I did growing up a lot, um, is it all set to 440? And can you, as a musician, do you does it? Is it disturbing? Is it is it like you know vibratorily disturbing? Yes, it is. So, and I love Led Zeppelin. I love all kinds of music. If it's set at 432 hertz, it will actually be healing vibrationally to my body. If it's at 440, it will work against the body. And you can actually go to the internet and look this up, all the, the studies of, of water and you know, putting water in a glass and sending 432 hertz into it and watching the molecules form into beautiful sacred geometry patterns. If you put a 440 sound into that water, the water becomes scattered and it becomes uh, um, uh, unable to, to form itself into solid matter or a, a good quality balanced geometric uh, wow. sacred geometry. And we're 80% uh, water. So that says right. a lot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
And if my understanding is correct, uh, we can go back to Brent's piano built in 1863, 1893. That was when the A universally was still tuned to 432 hertz. What has happened in the the beginning, the, well, the first several decades of our previous century was there was there were people who figured out that 440 was actually something that was very dangerous to the human body. It activated the nervous system, caused unrest, anxiety at the cellular level. And one of those people who used that, if my information is correct, was Adolf Hitler. And as he was coming into power, he required that the orchestras in Germany, uh, I think Hartmut, check me out on this, change their tuning of their A from 432 to 440. And uh, that would cause so agitation. Way, yes. And this is the complete music industry right now. So I mean, we're, yes. yeah, we're wow. now finding our way back to 432 Hertz. It's becoming the way to go. And uh, okay. so that that would be the best, again, the best answer I, I can give. 432 wow. Hertz it is. And 440, no. The song is so powerful. I was like, it yeah. almost vibrates my body. And I'm like, shit, yes. is this really 432? Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know. Yes. And that uh, was deliberate on my part because I want this music to get into people's body at the at the bone level, at the molecular, yeah. the atomic level, because that's where everything changes. And you know, Hartman was talking about uh, the polyphonic singing and the, the the altered state of consciousness we go into, which is our natural state, by the way. It is our natural state. It's the upgrade of our DNA. It's all that we're doing here on planet Earth, bringing planet Earth back into geomancy and synchronicity with herself and us with her and that's the value of this so that's that's awesome. a perfect thing thank you for saying it felt it felt in your body steve excellent good to know yeah is polyphonic singing where someone sings two notes at one time yes yeah that yes. freaks me out i've seen that on the internet that's pretty wild oh yes so i have a it's question it's a, because we're all all of us have been down the rabbit hole um, I don't know why I'm drawn to ask this, but I saw a documentary on Metallica, which just blew me away that how gracious these guys are. And, you know, they're uh, a heavy metal band. They're emotional. And then, you know, when we go down this rabbit hole, we think everyone has sold their soul to the devil. And, you know, they're devil worshipers or this, that, and the other. And, you know, I guess that's probably just a very far right or left view of the music industry. Yet there does seem to be that dark side of it. Is, is it true that you can't, you have to, in order to be successful in the music industry, you do have to, you know, make a deal that that's not going to be good for you in the long run, you know, or sell your soul for, you know, that kind of thing. I think that what's happening now, that what was done in secret is now being shouted from the housetops. And I think the evidence is there that, especially in the entertainment industry and every other industry in the world, that we, we know there's evil on the planet. We know it is trying to promulgate itself. We know the spiritual battle is going on. And the answer is, I believe, yes, in the music industry. If you want to become an icon in the industry, there is a certain aspect of yourself that you will give away. In other words, you'll give away your sovereignty to another entity or entities on the physical and the spiritual level that will control you and will tell you what to do. And there is much evidence that's coming out now that much of it is 
is based in out and out evil. We're hearing the stories from so many places around the world of Satan worship, of child sacrifice, child trafficking, all of it. It's all coming out in the open now. And it and the truth of it cannot be denied and cannot be held back anymore. It's shocking. It's 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 heartbreaking to look at at especially in my industry, the people we've we've almost idolized. We said, wow, that person has an incredible career. Boy, wouldn't I like that? They're so talented, they're whatever. And you really begin to delve into their background and the loss of their innocence and what they gave up to get to that pinnacle and the 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 personal damage that they mm. have sustained. It's shocking. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing I'm getting at is, you know, Hartman's doing international business with a name I won't name, but, you know, even he was in, he was drawn to that person and that person came across as a good person. I don't know if the word good, but like, you know, you look at, I looked at that documentary and I'm like, this guy has a family. These seem like such good people. And you're like, how could, you know, it just isn't, it, sometimes I just wonder how it could be, but I don't, we don't need to go more into it. I've taken up a lot of time. So um, I'll pass you on to Grace and I really appreciate your time. Thank you. And Steve, thank you for asking the question because it ratifies to me. I stand in truth and I stand in as much purity as I possibly can. And that's that that conversation that you and I just had, all of us had, was very valuable. Okay. Cool. Thank you, everyone. And thanks again for creating this uh, rock anthem, Deidre, um, Betty, and Brent. I hope you are here, but you're here with us right now. Well, as you mentioned earlier, that it, even having this conversation is so musical. And um, I really, I, I like music anyway. I always like music and it doesn't matter whether I can sing or not. I will just sing if I had to, and I'll just appreciate the music, okay? And while you were talking, um, Steve was talking about water, then it started to rain on my end. So hearing the seeing and hearing the rain is so musical. So all these are like confirmation. Now, <clears throat> I, I will assume that the two of you or Brett including are family people. So you have your nieces, children, daughters. So how do you encourage your family or you to be as creative as you are because in this situation, in this current times, and as I mentioned earlier, we need creative people. And the creative people are the ones who are actually, they claim more sovereignty. So how do you, like, you know, what, what, what can we, what can you share based on your, your experience as parents, aunties, for your children? Well, Betty, if you will permit me, I'll go first. I actually do not have any uh, blood relatives on this planet at this time, and I've never had children um, of my own, but I seem to have attracted many children in my life. Um, many, uh, many people in my life. I would call them spiritual relatives. The best affirming, loving words I can pass on would be the ones that my mother said to me. Be an individual. Be yourself. Follow the gifts. What do you love to do? What brings you great joy? And that's where your gifts are. That's where your career path is. That's where your life 
is. That's what I would say. Betty? Um, well, I, I'm pretty much like Deidre. I do have a couple cousins um, that are still here, but I do not have any children. I'm not married. And uh, all of my immediate family has passed. And so I've been alone a lot of my life, but my friends and surrounding people become my family. Um, I choose them. But in, I can give one example. I have a cousin whose daughter has written a book and through her journey of writing, she was very unsure of herself and would contact me about, does this sound right? Does that look right? Because she was trying to choose cover patterns for her book and, and pictures. And, and I've tried to give her as much encouragement and support to follow her dream because she does have a family and she's still working. And um, compared to me, she's very young. <laughs> And, and so she, she was needing the encouragement and I'm happy to give it because I, I do believe in what she's doing. I, I encourage anyone to be creative and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to write music or that you have to paint a picture. It can be all kinds of things. It can be um, your gift of giving and, and the way you give to somebody whether you give of your time or you give of money or anything, that's a certain style of creativity. And um, you can you can cook a beautiful meal for someone, that's creative. You can dress yourself differently every day, that can be creative. It, it's different for each person and some people have more creativity than, than others in one area, but I think everybody has creativity in them. And I encourage them to look for your gift. Um, it can be a gift of communication, like what we're doing today. It can be a gift of, of sharing your time. Um, all of these are creative endeavors in their own way. Uh, I've had people say, oh, I don't do anything except sew my clothes. That's creative. I mean, you're bringing something from nothing. You're taking a piece of cloth and you're putting it together to form something on your body. That's creativity. Um, people tend to want to minimize themselves and say, oh, I could never do that. I could never draw that picture. I, I'm not I'm not this. And I tend to do it myself. And Deirdre will attest to this. Um, I am attempting to sing. I can carry a tune but I know that's not my strongest gift and she's guiding me through it but um I, I will minimize myself and put myself down and I have to catch it you know I catch it every time I said I should have done it we actually have a, a a little thing between Brent and Deirdre and I that we say whenever one of us puts ourselves down they have to put a quarter in the jar so we don't allow the negativity and, and we're like, ah, get us a quarter. And, and so if you think of it from that perspective, sometimes you can catch yourself and say, you know, oh, I should put a quarter in the jar because I just put myself down because that's the most destructive thing you can do to yourself. 
uh, you you're 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 with you all the time. So if you can't be your own best friend, you got a problem, and you have to work through it. And it can be hard. I've I've gone through some very difficult times in my life, and I've wanted to give up. I've had a lot of health issues and things, but I always encourage people, whether they're young or old, to to look at themselves and find something that they like about themselves and build that into something that they can look at as creative. And that's basically all I have to say. So I'm going to turn the mic back to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, earlier, well, uh, you were all talking about the process. I was also thinking that the process that oh, how you came up on how you collaborated with music, lyrics, and tones, it would have been beautiful if that process is applied, not just in terms of music, not just in, but also in family matters, community matters, political matters, you know, everything that's all we've been through. If Absolutely. all that being open, right? That, that's, you know, that's why it's crucial to see how you guys came up with this powerful rock anthem it's because of the process you recognize each other's strength yeah and and when when steve mentioned about that his imagination i want to say that in the indigenous way of theater you don't even have to look at it as in a broad way setting you know like because we know that almost every indigenous ancient cultures created their some type of theater and we call it people's theater and the people's theater makes it powerful based on their experience and so what the three of you brought together to this piece of music is that you know that uh, that, that that experience and I, I can see that this is not your goal it is just your tool to express more so can you tell us where do you see what's your vision for this rock for the suffering music thank you for asking that grace you use the word indigenous and if we talk about that for just a moment, combining the indigenous feel of people's theater, collaboration, working together in a state of sovereignty and a state of unity with others. And we know that we're bringing the indigenous sound, the indigenous lifestyle of what we might call the ancient into our modern day, which is our future. And we're talking about just beautiful timelines here. Then. We look at sovereign as a, as a vibrational gift, as we've already discussed, getting in people's bodies, awakening our ancient atavistic indigenous memory of who we are as divine aspects of God. And we know where we are now, the things that we're dealing with now. We look at what we want in what we call the future. And my goal for this, my vision for this child is to go far and wide around the world into every platform, every home, every person who was holding out their hand saying, I need something. Please give me something that teaches me about who I am and what, I, what I'm here for. Anyone who's asking that question, anyone who needs that little reminder, that daily reminder that, oh yes, I am sovereign. Wherever we are in our spiritual growth, 
anyone, anything, anywhere who needs this song, that's where I want it to go. I want it in every platform, every, every, every everything it can be to go serve and give the gifts that it needs to give. Whatever they may be, may be, wherever they may be, whenever they may be, and whoever may be involved in it. And I just bless it all. Daddy, you have anything to share? Um, well, I, I thought also the word indigenous uh, um, was an interesting choice. Um, Deirdre saw it as you saw at the end of the song where we have a group of us. Um, it sounds like a whole lot of people. Our vision was as things progressed, it grew and more people became aware. And because Broadway tends to be something that is universal that people tend to know immediately when you say Broadway, they, they go to that and say, Sovereign should be on Broadway or, or some sort of a show. We've heard that quite a bit and it's very pleasing to hear that. But I also see it uh, for, you'll have to pardon me because I'm not as worldly as, as Deirdre and, and Brent, um, but something like Bollywood type of a thing where groups of people get together and they celebrate and they dance and they sing. I, I see that kind of, of a group effect too, where, where they are getting, that's my best example I can give from my knowledge, but um, other countries, even in, in, you know, the countries you're coming from, the indigenous people through their own style dancing as a group and 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 enjoying the song and it it becomes personal to certain countries and and their indigenous people they they make it their own and it, it can go in so many directions um and that's kind of where i see it going because as people hear it and they understand it in in terms of their own culture they will make it into something that's personal for them. And that's basically all I have to say. If I may jump in, Betty, I so agree. And I think that's why we so carefully crafted the piece to reach as many people in the different genres of, of music loving as possible. And we talk about, again, that indigenous feel, grassroots, people gathered around a campfire singing, I am sovereign, I am free feeling that in their soul. It's all incredibly powerful from, again, microcosm to macrocosm and everything in between. Thank you. Now, um, for some, some of us, like for me, sovereign is like an English word and English is not my primary language. And it, I didn't pay attention about the word sovereign till really last year, but we've always heard the word freedom, you know? So I thought maybe what are your thoughts of, can, can, is there individual sovereignty and can, if, because each of us are unique and in that individual sovereignty can, how do you work that in terms of being collective for the collective sovereignty, or is there such a thing? And I guess because right now, each one may claim that, hey, I want to have my own sovereignty, you know, like my own political power to make decision. 
for my body or for my family. How, how, you know, how do you see that in, in being congruent, like a good puzzle? Betty. Oh, sorry. Can oh, okay, can you hear me? Um, well, when we first started the song, I actually looked up the, the meaning of sovereign and it has multiple meanings. It, it comes back from, you know, ancient times where it meant the king or the queen or the emperor of a country. They were sovereign beings because they were supposed to be the beings sent by God to, to rule their countries. That's one aspect of sovereignty. Then there is um, anybody that's in power and ruling over others. If that could be in today's world, your boss at your, at your job. Um, sovereign has many meanings, but the meaning that we're portraying of it is that you are a person made by God, your, your gifts are given to you by God, and that you need to use your gifts to the best of your ability and not let anyone tell you you can't, you can't do it. Now, with regard to your, your community, it's not meant to be political. It's not meant to be that we're fighting um, um, that's, uh, I'm trying to think of the proper words here, me, the wordsmith. We're, we're, we're not doing like political protest. We're just saying to realize your, your greatness within yourself that has been God-given and how to not let the outside world stop you from being who you are. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, of a feeling of knowing, knowing your your inner strength, um, it can also be misconstrued, as, and we've talked about this as a political, you know, thing. And to a certain extent, I guess it would be from some people's viewpoints that there's places where people are downtrodden by the, the political powers that be right now. And there's good and there's evil. And, and right now, good and evil are at war. And, and the good is the knowing that you have good in you and that you have to stay strong and, and move forward in your life and not put yourself down or let others put you down all the time. That's my take on it. Deirdre, go ahead and you can maybe add to this. Betty, you have said it so beautifully that there's so little that I want to add to it except to say, I, I think you've nailed it. If we, this is what I will add. If we understand our sovereignty, that we sit on the throne of our own lives, we have no need of anyone to tell us what to do because we know that we already do know what to do. You put a bunch of sovereign people together in a community setting and each one will take upon themselves their own personal responsibility for their well-being and they will contribute then their, their graces, pardon the pun, their graces to the community. And what you have then is a very healthy community of people who understand their individual sovereignty their privilege and their responsibility, 
and they bloom like they work together like a flower. They all become equal fractal patterns in creating this beautiful geometry of community. And that is how we are designed to live and designed to work. It is our natural state. Thank you, Grace, for asking that question. Thank you very much. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate our audience. I'm going to pass it on to Jane. What a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, Deidre. And before I close by playing this beautiful rock anthem that will remind all of us what you just beautifully described with that each of us have a powerful, unique gift to this world and that's what we need to own, right? So how do people reach out to you if they want to share this or can help you in any way? In email is the most efficient because it works globally. And so that email address is drhoperadio at gmail.com. And I'm going to spell that D as in Deidre, R as in Regal, hoperadio at gmail.com. Perfect. So thank you to our audience. And if there's anyone out there that but feels moved to share this, reach out to Deidre. Thank you so much. What, what an incredible conversation and to everybody on the panel. Blessings to us all. Shall I thank finish you. up playing it one more time, guys? I'm, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> all right, here we go. The biggest lie ever told is that we are separate from God and each other. The truth is that we humans arrived on this planet as sovereign beings. Although we had lost that knowledge, now we remember. <laughs> I'm not buying the lies, I've opened my eyes, the truth is revealed, I know what's real, it's my birthright to live in the light, I've awakened my mind, it's my time, I am sovereign, I am free, only I govern me, I am sovereign, Sleep. 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 Sleep.
sovereign and free. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Betty, and everyone. Thank you. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you Blessings to us all. Thank you, thank you. thank you for everything. That was really cool.